Welcome back to another podcast of Hockey Thoughts. Uh, today we are going to be kind of taking a look at each of the Stanley Cup qualifier teams, goalie situations, um, as a lot of these teams kind of have question marks as to who they are going to start. Um, not all of them, but a few of them. Um, so we're going to kind of dive into the stats and I'm going to give my take on who I think uh, should start. Um, certainly if I was the coach of the team, who I would be starting um, for the qualifying round. And um, I think you'll see there's kind of a, a trend that will be forming um, with my selections, but I'll get into that um, as we go on here. But we'll start off with the Arizona Coyotes. We'll just go in alphabetical order here. Uh, the Coyotes certainly have a question mark in net. Um, the first and biggest question mark being, uh, will Darcy Kemper be healthy enough to play? Um, that's kind of still up in the air. I haven't heard anything specific coming from the Coyotes as to his availability. Um, so this may not even be a question at all uh, if he's not able to go. But assuming he is healthy, um, you kind of have a you have a question there. Do you start him or Ranta? Now, when you look at their season stats, um, Darcy Kemper started 29 games during the regular season. Auntie Ranta started 32. Um, very similar in terms of their save percentages. Um, Kemper had a 9-2-8, whereas Ranta had a 9-2-1. Again, Ranta started three more games than Kemper did. Uh, they each had two shutouts. But the goals against average is kind of where you you get a big a big gap, I should say. Kemper had a 2-2-2 goals against, which is phenomenal. I mean, absolutely incredible. Uh, Ranta had a very solid 2-6-3 in those three extra games. So, Overall, Darcy Kemper is the better goalie. Um, the question's going to be, you know, even if Kemper is healthy, just how healthy is he? And do you want to potentially risk uh, him re-aggravating anything if you play him too too quickly? Um, you also got to look at past playoff experience. Neither has a lot of past playoff experience. Um Although Ranta has started a few games in the postseason before. Um, but, yeah, neither has been really in any deep playoff run at all in their careers. So you're kind of getting fresh fresh looks in the playoffs for each goaltender. But ultimately, if Kemper is ready to go and 100%, there's no doubt for me that he should be the starter. Um over the past couple of seasons, he's actually been easily the most underrated goalie in the league. Um, I think he'd be getting a lot more... I think he'd be talked about a lot more in both the Vesna races and just in general if he didn't play in Arizona. Because um, he really has been putting up some of the best numbers in the league over the past couple of seasons here. Um, so he should definitely be your go-to guy. If he's not 100% and he's, say, 75%, I think maybe you start with Ranta um, and only go to Kemper in an emergency situation uh, and kind of hopefully get Kemper to 100% for when you actually do reach the first round of the playoffs um, if, if they were to beat Nashville, who's also in a goalie dilemma, but we will get to that. 
Uh, the next team that has a goalie controversy is the Calgary Flames. Now, this is an interesting one because coming into the season, David Reddick was, you know, projected to be the guy. Um, he was projected to be the clear-cut, you know, number one, and he was going to, you know, take over the net in Calgary, really, and, until Dustin Wolf is ready for them in a few years. Um, that hasn't been the case. Now, Riddick, Riddick's numbers are worse than I think he's actually played, um, having watched a lot of Flames games this year. However, he certainly has, you know, to, as as we got closer to the pause, um, really into the pause, he, he lost the net in Calgary. Um, Cam Talbot was pretty much the number one by the time uh, the pause happened, uh, just because Cam Talbot has had quite the resurgent season um, in Calgary. So it does beg the question. Jeff Ward has already come out and said that um, it is kind of a competition. He's going to take a look at both goalies uh, during their scrimmages and everything, and really the job's up for grabs. Um, and I think it should be. So let's dive into the numbers quickly. Um, David Reddick started a lot more games than Cam Talbot this year. Uh, Reddick started 48 games. Talbot started just 22. Um, in those 48 games, Riddick had a 907 save percentage and a 297 GAA, whereas Talbot had a 919 save percentage and a 263 GAA. Both had two shutouts. Um, and again, that's 48 games for Riddick, 22 for Talbot. So you got to ask yourself if Talbot played as many games as Riddick, would his numbers still be that much better? I don't have the answer to that. Nobody does. I mean, Talbot was playing very well, but you do have to kind of wonder if those numbers would have regressed had he played, you know, twice the amount of games he did play. Um, Riddick, Riddick kind of, in my opinion, um, got a lot of the starts when the Flames were struggling, whereas when the Flames were hot, Talbot seemed to be in net. Was that a coincidence? I don't think so. Um, the Flames were simply scoring more when Talbot was in the net um, compared to Riddick. In terms of playoff experience, um, Talbot actually has more playoff experience um, in his time in Edmonton and New York. Um, David Riddick really, I believe he only started like one or two games ever in the postseason. Um, as Mike Smith was the playoff guy for the Flames last year um, in Riddick's first really time in the NHL um, as a backup, like a full-time number two. So I think ultimately the Flames are going to go with Riddick um, because he is their number one guy. I think they, they have a lot more trust in him. I think, you know, they're... While both of these guys are free agents at the end of the season, Riddick is certainly the guy that's more likely to come back as Talbot has already been pretty vocal that he wants to be a number one again somewhere. So he's going to go wherever he gets the opportunity to be a number one goalie, and I think he will get that opportunity with someone. Um, so for that reason, I think the Flames are going to... I think they'd be smart to name Riddick the starter. Um, 
and give him the shot and keep him happy as Talbot's pretty much gone anyways. But me personally, I would start Talbot um, if I was the coach because I think Cam, obviously with the pause, you know, he's not the hotter goalie anymore. Neither is, um, you know, momentum for every team, for every player is completely out the window. Um, so I think it will come down to whoever plays better in camp for them. But I think Talbot has the experience and he has been the better goalie this year. Um, so barring any, you know, complete meltdown from Cam Talbot in their camps and scrimmages, I think you got to go with him. Um, I think you got to ride with him in the net for at least this postseason. Um, and so I would go with Talbot, but I think the Flames will ultimately go with Riddick. Next team I want to talk about is the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, now, the Hurricanes have an interesting battle because it's really between three goalies, in my opinion. Um, so the obvious one would be Peter Mrazek. Um, he started the most games for them this year. He started 38 games, um, 9.05 save percentage, and a 2.69 GAA. James Reimer, in 24 games, had a 9.14 save percentage and a 2.66 GAA. Both had three shutouts. So Reimer arguably was the better goaltender, um, but Marazic they seem to like more and go with it. Now, the third guy they need to consider is Dave Ayers, who is undefeated for them. Um, he has an 800 save percentage and a 418 GAA in just one game. Um, but the team certainly seems to play better with Dave Ayers in the net, so I think um, I think we might see them actually go with him and really sneak into it. Um <laughs> as kind of a surprise move. Now, I'm obviously kidding. I just wanted to give Dave Ayers a shout-out. Um, I have little doubt Peter Morazic will be the starter for the Hurricanes. I don't really think they even have a goaltending battle here. Um, it's Morazic's it's Mrazek's job. It's, it's his to lose, and so they will go with him. But just a brief shout-out to Dave Ayers again for his undefeated record um, that he'll likely have for, for the rest of his time there in... Uh, in his career. Uh, the next team I do want to talk about is Chicago. Not really a goaltending battle. It's more of a question of if Crawford will play. Um, as of now, Corey Crawford is not playing. However, the Blackhawks did just say the other day that they are not ruling him out completely yet. Um, it is still possible Corey Crawford can play. Obviously, if he can play, he will be the starter. Um, there's no question about that. If not, it's going to be up to uh, likely Malcolm Subban, who I think it's fair to say he's been a disappointment since he's come into the league. Um, he was a pretty highly touted prospect, and he just really hasn't played well um, in his time up. Now, he is still relatively young, um, so he has a shot, but he has no playoff experience. Um and, yeah, he'd be kind of getting thrown into the fire here. So I think, you know, this obviously really changes that Edmonton-Chicago series if Crawford doesn't play, um, as I don't think Subban will give the Blackhawks enough to have a shot in that series. I think Crawford could. Um, so, yeah, I really just I, I wanted to mention Corey Crawford. Um, I hope he does play. I think, you know, I think the league would be better if he does play. Um 
but I don't think it's a given. And um, if not, yeah, uh, that's really going to put the Blackhawks in a sticky situation there. Um, the next team is the Colorado Avalanche. Um, obviously, between Francois and Grub, old good old Grubs, um, Grubsy, Grubauer. So Grubauer was signed to be the starter this year. And he did start the majority of the games. Uh, he started 36 games compared to Francois' 31. Um, Francois had a 9-2-3 save percentage and a 2-4-1 GIA, whereas Grubauer had a 9-16 and a 2-6-3, so neither were bad. Um, both very good, actually. Grubauer did have two shutouts to Francois' one. Um, I think this is... This is. I think they're gonna start Grubauer. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they start Francois. Um, excuse me. I, I've always had trouble pronouncing his name. Um, I think Grubauer. He obviously has some playoff experience under his belt with the Washington Capitals as a backup. Um, he's never really started in the playoffs. Neither has Francois. Um, but I think Grubauer. Again, he was brought in to be the number one. He still has a year on his contract. I, I just think I think he's the guy. I think he's the guy you go with. He's who I would pick. Um, I'm not convinced Colorado will. I think this is very much um, much like a few other teams that we will talk about and uh, teams that were already mentioned, like Calgary. I think this is very much pretty much a fight in camp um, for that job. I don't think there's a clear-cut answer right now. Um, I think they're hoping somebody's going to just step up and take it, and um, who knows if anyone will. But I would certainly go with Grubauer, at least initially. Um, The good news for the Avalanche is they obviously have a bye, so they have a little extra time to kind of figure that out. Um, And I think we'll see them in their three-round-robin games kind of alternate the goalies and... um, give each one a start and kind of see how they perform um, as a tryout. Next up, we have Columbus. Um, Like I said, there's actually a lot of these teams that don't have a clear-cut number one. Um, A lot of them were splitting during the regular season, and, you know, it's kind of up up for debate. So Columbus is obviously between Corpusalo and Merzlikens. During the regular season... Corpusalo had 35 starts, Mirrors Lickens had 31. Um, Corpusalo had a 9-1-1 save percentage, Mirrors Lickens had a 9-2-3 save percentage, and the GAA was 260 for Corpusalo and 235 for Mirrors Lickens. Mirrors Lickens also obviously was tied with the league lead in shutouts with five, um, and Corpusalo had two. So the numbers tell you Mirrors Lickens. Um, Neither has playoff experience. Um, I suppose Corpusala was the backup to Vavrovsky last year, but he didn't see any time, really. Um, so both are kind of brand new to playoff hockey. Um, both are signed now for a few more years in Columbus. So they, they clearly like both of them. Um I'm really unsure as to who's actually going to start. This is one of the more interesting ones for me. I personally would give it to Corpusalo. I know Merz Lickens has been 
fantastic this year, but Corpus Salo has been around longer, and I just think he... It's weird to say, but I think he's been more consistent than Merzlikens. I know Merzlikens was super hot when he first came into the league, uh, but as we entered the pause, he was actually kind of coming back down to earth a little bit um, and had some bad starts. Whereas Corpus Salo, I feel like you pretty much know what you're getting with him. You're just getting a solid goalie. Um, so I would go with Corpus Salo for the consistency factor. Um, but again, it's certainly not clear cut um, what you're, what you're gonna what they're gonna do there. So that one's an interesting one. I don't even have a guess as to who they're gonna end up going with because this one, again, um, much like a couple of the other teams, is pretty much a coin flip at this point. Um, much like the Edmonton Oilers, uh, another coin flip here between Mike Smith and Miko Koskinen. Now, Smith obviously has way more playoff experience than Koskinen, and for that reason, I would start Smith. Um, when you look at the regular season, they basically split the starts. Smith got 37 starts, Koskinen got 34. Um, Koskinen had better numbers. Uh, he had a 9.17 save percentage compared to a 9.02 for Smith and a 2.75 goals against compared to a 2.95 for Smith. Neither is very good, obviously. Um, I would give it to Mike Smith purely for that playoff experience. We know he's he's gone all the way to the Western Conference Finals before with the Coyotes and the uh, Eastern Semis with the Lightning. Um, he played playoff hockey as early as last year with the Flames, as mentioned. I mean, he has a lot of playoff games under his belt, whereas Koskinen doesn't have any. So for that reason, I mean, playoff hockey is a kind of a different... It's a different game than regular season hockey. It just is. It's a different feel. It's a different everything. So for that reason, I... I would go with Mike Smith, and I think they will go with Mike Smith um, because of that experience. You need somebody who's been there before, um, especially if Crawford does end up playing because he certainly has... He certainly turns it on in the playoffs, um, and then that, that, that could make that series interesting if Crawford does play. Um, but... Yeah. Um, people will say Minnesota has a goalie controversy. I don't really think so. I think Stalock is the obvious choice, and I think that's who they'll go with. So I don't really – I'm not even going to get into that. The next team I do want to talk about is Nashville. Um, Pekka Rene has kind of lost his net this year. He's been terrible this season. Um, UC Soros and Rene. Rene started just one more game than Soros this year. Um, save percentage, Rene was under 900, which is never good. Saros was 914. And GAA-wise, uh, Saros 270, not great, but Rene was 317, uh, which is very bad. Saros had four shutouts, Rene had three. Um, so really, what this comes down to for me 
is whoever Nashville feel, or basically it's going to come down to if Nashville feels any kind of loyalty to Rene and that, you know, they kind of, he's kind of earned one more shot at, you know, going deep and, and making a playoff run and trying to win a cup. Uh, Rene definitely has more playoff experience, obviously, than Soros. Soros is the better goalie, though, at this point in their careers. So I personally would start Soros. I think if if Nashville does view him as their goalie, uh, not necessarily their goalie of the future, but their goalie of the immediate future for the next handful of years then I think this is the perfect opportunity to get him some experience under his belt against a Coyotes team that is not very good offensively. Um, it's a good way to ease him into playoff action and really kind of pass the reins, if you will. Um, nothing but respect for Pekka Rene, but again, he's just not a very good goalie at this stage in his career. Um, so... I personally would go Soros, but again, don't don't be surprised if Rene is the one in the Nets uh, when the puck drops there on August. I believe they play on August second, um, because you know he's been the face of the Predators for a long time now, and he does have the more playoff experience, so they might end up going with him. But again, I I think you got to go. I think you got to go with Soros at this point. Um, Next team is the New York Islanders between Varlamov and Grice. Now, Thomas Grice did not have a as good a season as he has been having. He's been one of the most underappreciated goalies of the past, you know, five, six years even. Um, Varlamov started 39 games compared to Grice's 29. Varlamov had a 9.14 save percentage. Grice had a 9.13 save percentage. Uh, the GAA is very different. Uh, Varlamov a two six two and Grice a two seven four, so not super different. But that's where Varlamov has a clear advantage. Varlamov two shutouts to Grice's zero. Uh, Varlamov did start ten more games though, obviously. So they're they're nearly identical goalies, which makes <laughs> again, which makes this a weird decision and this is another team that it to me is kind of like a coin flip but I think they'll go with Varlamov and I personally would go with Varlamov um, as he does have more playoff experience but again this one is really just completely up for grabs in my mind um okay so there there's just I guess three more teams to discuss um I'm going to kind of go out of alphabetical order here really quick because I just want to... I think the last two are more in-depth, I guess, i, I, I got to talk about than, than this one. So we'll, we'll jump to the Washington Capitals, who obviously, again, have a bye, but they still have a goalie controversy between Samsonov and Holpe. Um, Holpe is a free agent at the end of the year, and it's sounding like he is going to be leaving Washington kind of mutually. Um, 
as Samsonov is ready to take over and Holpe wants to still be a number one and really has just one last shot at a big contract. Um, I did a podcast on this earlier. There's a lot of talks that the Edmonton Oilers are going to be the one to offer Holpe a big contract. They're talking in the seven-year, 42 to 49 million range for Holpe um, to be the starter in Edmonton, which would be, I think, great for Holpe and a good move for the Oilers as well as, you know, Koskinen's on a bad contract and not the goalie they were hoping he'd be, and Smith is nearing retirement and also a free agent. Um, but that's not what we're here to discuss. So this year, Holpe started 47 games. Uh, Samsonov got just 22. In those 47 games, though, Holpe struggled. His save percentage was 897, very bad, and a 3-1-1 goals against, also very bad. He didn't have a single shutout either. Uh, whereas Samsonov, in his 22 games, had a 9.13 save percentage, which honestly isn't great. Um, but his GAA was a very solid 2.55, and he had one shutout on the year. So, um, Samsonov, not a ton of playoff experience, um, certainly compared to Holpe, obviously. Um, but I think Samsonov is the guy that the Capitals are going to go with, and that's who I would also go with. Holpe has been a shell of himself this year, much like Rene. Um, very similar situations here, to be honest with you, between the Capitals and the Predators. Um, and I think it's going to come down to the same things, too. Do the Capitals feel like they owe owe it to Braden Holpe to you know, give him the playoff starts that you know he wants to have? Um, he did lead them to their first-ever Cup win. He was phenomenal, that, that playoff run. Um, and, you know, he does have the playoff experience, much like Rene. So I think for both teams, it's going to, again, come down to do we feel like we owe it to him to give him this opportunity? or And do we want to go with the guy that has a ton of playoff experience versus our younger goalie, who is probably our future, but who really hasn't played in the playoffs? Um, and that's, that's what the decision is going to come down to. I personally, again, would go with both. Saros and Samsonov, but again, don't be shocked if Holpe and and or Rene are the ones that end up in the nets uh, for their respective teams. So now there's two more. There's uh, just two more teams. Those teams are the Pittsburgh Penguins and the New York Rangers. Now these have a lot of controversy, I guess you could say involved with them um I'll start with Pittsburgh because I think New York is going to take longer to talk about um so between Jari and Murray um this is a heated debate amongst Penguins fans for me I'm starting Matt Murray in the playoffs um and not really even thinking twice about it but I'll get to that let's look at their numbers from this season Matt Murray obviously has struggled mightily during the regular season um in 38 games he had an 899 save percentage which is very bad and a 287 GAA which is not good one shutout whereas Jari in 31 games so seven less games uh, had a 9-2-1 save percentage and a 2-4-3 goals against with three shutouts. Very, very good numbers. Here's why I'm starting Matt Murray, though. Um, Matt Murray 
is one of the best playoff performing goalies that I have seen um really I guess in my lifetime if I'm yeah in my in my lifetime really um he just has a way of winning in the playoffs and yes it's not just his doing the Penguins have had very good teams in front of him but I look at Matt Murray this season and yes he struggled Yes, he was inconsistent, but he's still so young. Um, you know, he came into the league at, what, 20 years old, uh, won a cup, then won another cup at 21, and now he's, you know, he's, he's, he's what, 23, 24 years old? Hold on. He's 26, sorry. He's 26 years old. Um which means he came into the league when he was 23. No, 22. So he was 22, he won a cup, won a cup at 23. I was a couple years off. He's still just 26 years old, which for a goalie especially is not old at all. Um, He was bound to have a down year. Um, And yes, Jari, who is just one year younger, by the way, with a lot less experience, um, Jari is kind of having his first really good season in the NHL. Um, Jari was a higher draft pick than Murray, both drafted by Pittsburgh. Um, Jari, originally when he was drafted, was projected to be the Penguins' future, um, more so than Murray. Matt Murray just was NHL-ready faster because, you know, he was a year older, and he played really well. And so it's been this. And I know Penguins fans all seem to be crying for Jari to start. And they've always kind of hated Matt Murray because he's the guy that kind of forced the Penguins' hands, I guess, to let Flurry go, um, who was beloved. And that's why it's been, it's been a really unfair uh, ride for Matt Murray. It's been a really love-hate relationship for him in Pittsburgh. And that's by no fault to him. Um, he's handled everything with grace. And like I said, he was bound to have a down year. But when you're talking about the playoffs and you're talking about especially having the time off, to me, there's just no question that you, you start Matt Murray. Um, I think it would be foolish to not start, again, one of the best playoff performing goalies that I have ever seen in my life in the playoffs. So to me, there's no question. And I think the Penguins will go with Murray. Um, but this is another one that's, I feel like, depending how camps and scrimmages go, this is kind of a job that's up for grabs um, between the two. But I think they will go with Murray, and I think you should go with Murray. And I understand why people want Jari to start, because, again, they're talking about now the impending next impending expansion draft and how they should keep Jari over Murray or who are you going to keep or blah, blah, blah. That's still a year away, you know? Um, I, th- I, I, I think to focus that far ahead is foolish. There's still a whole nother season um, before that. You even have to think about that. And, um, you know, I 
I think next year Matt Murray's going to really bounce back, and who knows, maybe Jari will regress, and then we won't even be having this conversation. It'll be the opposite conversation. So I think Penguins fans just need to relax. It's a good problem to have, to have a goalie debate for all of these teams. It's a good problem to have. You have two good goalies. That's a good problem to have. Um, and, yeah, so, I don't know. That, that's all I'm going to say on it. I could go on. Um, I did forget I wanted to mention Vegas between Leonard and Flurry. Um, Flurry obviously struggled this year as well. He did have a league leading five shutouts, well, tied for the league lead. 905 save percentage, 277 GAA in 48 starts. Um, Leonard only started three games for Vegas. Um, in those three games, he had a shutout. He had a 167 GAA and a 940 save percentage. Um, the reason there's a kind of a controversy in Vegas is simply because Fleury has kind of struggled this year. But to me, you start Marc-Andre Fleury in the playoffs, again, for that experience. He's won multiple cups. Um, he of late, and by of late, I mean like the past five years or so, has been a terrific playoff performer. Um, he is just two years removed from being a huge part of why Vegas made the Stanley Cup Finals. I mean, he played phenomenally for them then. He didn't play bad last year. I think you go with Flurry. Way more experience. Um, you always have Robin Leonard. If Flurry does continue to struggle, then you go to Leonard. I think Flurry should have a relatively short leash. But for me, there's just no question you've got to go with Marc Andre Flurry. Um, and I think they will go with him. I would be actually pretty surprised if Robin Leonard ends up being the guy that they go with on night one. So then the last team. We're finally here. I know this is a longer podcast. The New York Rangers. The reason why I saved them for last is because there's three goalies that are hoping to be the starter. Um, and as previously mentioned with both the Capitals and the Predators, you know, will the Rangers feel like they owe it to Henrik Lundqvist to give him the start and try to win a cup? I hate to say it as much as everyone else, but this might be Hank's, this might genuinely be his last time he is even in the playoffs in his career. Um, there's obviously question marks of if he'll be back in New York after this season. Um, even if he isn't, there's no guarantee he'll make the playoffs with whatever team he does go to, much less start. <laughs> so this might be his last chance do they feel like they owe it to him to give him the chance? And then there's the playoff experience. Lundqvist knows playoff hockey. I mean, my God, he probably has the most playoff starts of any active goaltender in the league. That wouldn't surprise me. I could look that up, but I didn't before I started recording, and I'm not going to do it while I'm recording right now. But that's worth looking up. I'm sure he's at least, he's guaranteed top top three um so he knows playoff hockey he knows what to expect yes he had a bad season let's talk, let's talk about his numbers he started 26 games um he had a 905 save percentage and a 316 GAA with a shutout not great from Hank he 
did lose his net to both Gorgiev and Shosturkin. Um, we'll start with Gorgiev, who actually played the most games for the Rangers this season. He had 32 starts, a 9-10 save percentage, and a 3-0-4 GAA with two shutouts. Not great numbers from him either. Um, Shosturkin, in tw- just 12 starts, had a 9-32 and a 2-5-2 GAA. Um, those are the numbers you're looking for in a goalie, especially that save percentage. That is excellent. Um, Hank and Gorgiev, not great numbers. Hank obviously having the worst of the three numbers, which makes this even more difficult for the Rangers. And I'm not going to sit here and even pretend like I have any idea who the Rangers are going to end up going with because I don't. I will tell you if I was the coach, if I was Dave... David Quinn, and I was the coach of the New York Rangers. I would probably not get many good nights of sleep between now and August 1st um, because I just don't know. I don't know what to do. I would certainly take a good hard look at what these three guys do in camp and your team scrimmages. Um, But, yeah, I mean, how how do you make this decision? You know, going based off the numbers alone, um, Shesterkin obviously is your your guy. I think um, I think he's been the Rangers' best goalie this year. I think he's probably your goalie of the future, more so than Gorgiev. Um, Shesterkin, twenty four years old. Gorgiev's also twenty four. But, again, Shesterkin has been much better this season um, in his first full season in the league. Not even a full season. But you have Hank there. You just have Hank there. And, you know, Henrik Lundqvist, as any hockey fan knows, is the guy you we all want to see him win a cup. We all know he deserves to have won a cup. One of the best goalies certainly in his generation and certainly in NHL history and it's just so hard it would be so hard to see him benched um in the opening round of the playoffs and it's hard for me to imagine it um so if I'm David Quinn I think I ultimately do go with Hank I give him a short leash but I give him the opportunity to win back his net in the playoffs um and really just one last shot at possibly leading the Rangers uh, deep into the playoffs and maybe even to a cup win. I, I don't think I don't think that is very likely, but I, I could certainly see the Rangers obviously winning the qualifying round. I think they will win the qualifying round. Um, and possibly, yeah, they could possibly make a push. They certainly have the team that could do it. When the Rangers are hot, as they've shown this season, they are one of the most dangerous teams in the league. So if they can get hot, yeah, they could go deep. And maybe Hank will lead them there. I don't know. I, I Again, I can't tell you who they'll end up with on August 1st, but I would put Hank in, and I really I think it'd be awesome to see Hank get the chance to earn his job back. Um Again, if things don't go well, at least you do have Shesterkin and Gorgiev that you can turn to. But I think you at least got to give him the shot. Um, That'll wrap up this very long podcast. Um, 
as you can tell, there there is a lot of teams that have decisions to make in terms of their nets and who's defending it. Um, let me know what you think about all of these goalie battles, um, if you agree or disagree with me, and especially uh, about Henrik Lundqvist um, and, I guess, Pekka Rene. Um, do you think they both deserve one more shot to, to you know, own their nets and, and lead their team hopefully deep into the playoffs. Um, as always, thank you for listening. I appreciate all the support this podcast has gotten. Um, I hope you enjoyed this commercial-free podcast. And, um, you know, if, if you do enjoy this podcast, please, please, please tell your hockey friends and family about it. And you can always DM me on Twitter at underscore HT podcast or on Instagram at hockey thoughts. If there's anything you want to hear discussed on this podcast in the future, or if you want to uh, be on a podcast with me to talk about whatever, always down for that as well. Um, as always, again, thank you. And I will catch you guys in the next one.